Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. So now I'm going to hand over to Peter. And I'm just going to pray for Peter as he comes. Um, Lord, I just pray that you be with Peter and I. Pray that you give him your words to say. And I just pray that we'd have open hearts and open minds to hear what it is that he wants to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know how you've been getting on with your self-imposed isolations this week. And uh, I was uh, trying to work out, well, what is it that, uh, that God wants to say to us at a time like this? And um, so I was having a look in the Bible to see what it said about coronavirus. And uh, unlike the government, it doesn't say a lot. Um, so uh, I've, been, I've been getting at least 500 mails about coronavirus, mainly from the government, which is, is hefty and uh, a lot to sift through. But um, look through the Bible. There was nothing. But I think there is some stuff in the Bible that says about this kind of scenario. And um, it talks about um, self-isolation quite a lot. And so I just want to talk about um, one thing in the Bible. And I think, um, oh yeah, it's behind me. So you could all see before I could. Um, So leprosy. Um, It talks about leprosy loads in the Bible. And uh, if you had leprosy, you had to self-isolate. So um, what is leprosy? Well, as a doctor, I know that it's caused by a bacteria that's like tuberculosis, and you catch it through other people coughing and sneezing. Um, it deserves, and because it kills all the nerves, you don't feel when you burn yourself, when you have a break, or when you get infection. And so slowly, the skin becomes disfigured, and it rots on the very body. Now, the thing about people with leprosy is you can smell them before you see them. Um, doctors and nurses will be familiar with this smell. It's not very nice. And uh, in biblical times, I'm sure they'd have known uh, about it because there was lots of people who had leprosy. Now, King Uzziah, um, king over, uh, over Israel, he died with leprosy. And uh, Naaman, the prophet, he got leprosy as well. And we know that other people caught it from him, a guy called Gehazi caught it from, uh, from Naaman. Miriam, who we all know from, uh, from the, our Bible stories, um, she was struck down with, with uh, leprosy as well. So it affected the good and the bad, it affected the rich and the poor, and uh, it didn't discriminate in that way. In 2 Chronicles 26, it says, King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, banned from the temple of God. So if you, were not, if you had leprosy, you weren't allowed to go into the city, and uh, you were an outcast. You had to live outside the city gates. You weren't allowed to gather with others unless they had leprosy. And um, it says in uh, Leviticus, uh, Leviticus 13, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone, and they must live outside the camp. Now, we all know about that because we've watched Monty Python, and uh, so we've seen the sketches about unclean. 
And the thing was, if you touched a leper, you were also unclean yourself, and you had to separate yourself. Um, It says in Leviticus 13 and 14 that if that had happened, you had to separate yourself from everybody else for seven days, and then you were allowed to go back and meet with others. Does that sound familiar? So what was Jesus's response to leprosy? I just want to uh, share a few verses um, from the Gospels where Jesus encounters people who had leprosy and he, um, and he responds to them. So Matthew 10, uh, Jesus is commanding uh, the, uh, the disciples and he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, so freely give. So he was intending that the disciples would, would go up and they would meet people who had leprosy and they would engage with them. Luke 17, it says, as Jesus was going out into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. So Jesus had the power to heal the disease. In Mark 1, it tells a story, and I think this is in, in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this story. Um, it tells a story where a man with leprosy came to Jesus and he begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. He said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So Jesus was prepared to break the rules on leprosy. You weren't allowed to touch someone with leprosy unless you then had to go and spend seven days in isolation. But Jesus didn't do that. And the thing was, he probably understood that you couldn't catch leprosy from touching someone. You caught leprosy by them coughing at you or sneezing at you. And he had compassion. He had compassion for the people with leprosy and he healed them and he changed their life. So rather than be an outcast and be out of the city, they were allowed to come back in and be with the people of God. They were allowed to go to the temple. They were allowed to meet with others. They were allowed to have fellowship with others and just do normal life. They were probably then allowed to go down the shops, which they hadn't been allowed to do before. So what would Jesus do with coronavirus? Jesus tells us to obey the law of the land, so I think he probably would have complied with the rules that are being set down. But he'd have also understood the route of catching it, the route of transmission. And so he wouldn't have been scared. He wouldn't have lived in fear of the virus. He would have understood that God was above this. He was in control. Whatever seemed to be happening around him, he'd have understood how God was sovereign over it all, that he could stop it in an instant. I believe he'd also live actively in the community and he'd be taking out time to spend with his father and he'd be praying for those all around him. Now we're starting to feel what it would be like to be a leper, aren't we? to be outside the camp. 
it's a difficult time. We're having to isolate ourselves, and for many of us, we've never experienced that before. And it's strange because we don't have to have the disease. We're told to go and isolate ourselves anyway. And living in isolation is really difficult for us. We can't see this disease until it's too late. It's not like leprosy where it was obvious. The people who were inflicted, you could see it on them. And they came with a bell around their neck so you knew to keep clear. I was in the supermarket this week and there was a chap wearing a mask and gloves. The gloves, unfortunately, might have protected him, but they don't help the rest of us. And as I was walking down the aisle towards him, he jumped physically sideways with his trolley and cowered in a corner because I was within two meters of him. He was scared. He knew I was a doctor because I know who it was. And he obviously thought, oh my word, there's one of those leper type people who are carrying the disease. I'm going to get well away. He was living fear he was covering himself up and he was cowering in corners and the thing is I don't think we need to live in that kind of fear we need to be sensible yeah but we don't need to live in fear the other thing is God made us to be in community God is triune the three parts of God and he lives in community and he designed us to be in community too And that's why we struggle when we shut ourselves away. We have this innate need to communicate with others, to be loved and to love. So what should our response be? I want to just share a couple of things that I've come across this week. The first is from Martin Luther. He gave some pastoral advice during the Black Plague. He wrote this in about 1510. He said... I shall ask God mercifully to protect us, and then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and to take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated, and thus, perchance, inflict and pollute others, and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me. And I have done what is expected of me, and so I am not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith, because it is neither brash nor foolhardy. Such insight. They didn't even understand what caused disease back then. But the things he was saying there are the same things that our government are saying to us now, 500 years later. I also read this, Jenny Hardy posted this, so some of you will have read this. This is from C.S. Lewis, 78 years ago he wrote this. It was written in the Screwtape Letters, and it's a conversation between Satan and Jesus. Satan says... I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down business, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. And Jesus responds to the devil. I will bring together neighbors. I will restore the family unit. I will bring back dinner to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down and appreciate what really matters I will teach my children to rely on me and not on the world. 
I will teach my children to trust me and not their money nor their material resources. Such insight. And they didn't know that this would happen. They'd never experienced it. Um, C.S. Lewis, I don't believe, had been alive during the, uh, the Spanish flu epidemic of the 1920s. And, um, and, but maybe he'd heard about that and he understood the impact of an epidemic. So what should we do? Well, I believe we should be law-abiding. Jesus told us to do that. And we should be sensible. God's given us brains and we should use them. We should be careful. But our community still exists if we make it happen. But we have to make community happen. It's a great effort sometimes, isn't it, to pick up the phone and talk to someone. It's an effort to respond to people who have posted things on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever. But actually, it's important because if we keep communicating, then actually we keep a sense of community. We also need to look after the poor and the lonely and the vulnerable. And I'm just so encouraged as I hear stories of what people are doing um, for their neighbours, as I hear what's happening with the food bank and emergency food parcels. It's just so encouraging. And I want to encourage you too, not to take foolish risks, but to look out for those around you and see how they can be helped. Jesus says this in John 16. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You'll leave me all alone, and yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I don't know that I know why this epidemic is happening, why God allows it, but what I do know is that God is victorious matter what is happening around us. And I know that Jesus comes to give us peace. The Holy Spirit lives within us to give us peace. And I want to encourage you at this time, dive deep into God. Get immersed in the Holy Spirit. Get into your Bible. See what God's saying. And I think you're going to be surprised that this time, rather than be a time of poverty, will be a time of riches. God is going to greatly bless you. Thank you.